Hello, hello. Happy Sunday and welcome to the show. This is called the AD, where the A stands for Arthur and the D normally stands for Dan. But uh, this weekend, Dan's unavailable, so we've brought on my lovely wife, Stephanie, who on my screen is hello. over there. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I feel like D, maybe it's like, dang, that's my hot wife or something, you yeah, know, instead something. of Dan. Yeah, that, that, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. So uh, welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to be... Stephanie and I will be catching up a little bit, and then we're going to bring on our friend uh, Sam, who's time on her hands on Instagram and works for uh, David Carpenter Watches over in the UK. So we'll be talking a little bit about working in the industry, uh, the used market, other, and she's just generally cool and interesting person. So we'll be catching up with that. Um, cool. Let's say hi to some of our friends in the chat here. Let's see. Uh, Gigi, time to talk watches is on. Uh, hi, Andrew, DC Watches. That's our friend Max. Terry's here. So good to see you all. So Stephanie, what's new with you in, in the world of watches? I don't know. It feels kind of funny that you're downstairs in the basement and, <laughs> and are having It's true. It's true. <laughs> Whatever. Um, no, it's good. I mean, for everybody, we just got back from a like three-week trip to the beach, which was really nice. And now it's all cold up here. But um, I'm wearing my Zenith which I did not take on the trip with me and missed a lot. So happy to have that back. Um, sure. And then in the world of watches, you got a watch and I got super I jealous. So I bought the same thing, but in a on the same color. day. That's on right. the same day. Do you have yours with you? I do. I do. Okay. This is uh, my new G-Shock something, something GW2110ET. I think it's the gray earth tone model Cassiope. And you got one too. Yeah, I got a red one, which makes me think of in Star Wars. Um, what's the episode with like the red knights? Like the red. Oh, I think it was The Last Jedi. The... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it's... those are called, that's what I think this one should be like nicknamed. Cool. I... Um, yeah, the, the Emperor's Royal Guard, I think, are the, yeah. are the dudes. Well, that doesn't it. roll yeah. off the tongue. But um, <laughs> anyway, I think it's really cool. Um, but we saw some differences between the two, so yeah, that's you know, they're not exactly the same. The handset is actually slightly different. Yeah. Um, and then the you bracelet got... feels a little different. Yeah. The actual texture of the rubber feels a bit different. So that's cool. Yeah. You, you kind of stole my thunder there. That's my watch news as well. Sorry. Uh, getting the, getting the Cassie Oak. Um, but yeah, cool. Um, anything else on the radar for you? Um, not watches, but, um, I just, while we were talking ahead of this, um, we just had a rocket launch that worked. So oh, there's nice. another mission going on to the space station, um, for the unnamed company I work for, but it's, um, it's it exciting out. and it worked and it's great. Yeah. So yeah. I guess I should have ordered my Speedy today, but I had my Speedy with me in Florida and I really missed my Zenith. So that's getting wrist time now. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, how does it feel to have, uh, for those that don't know, Stephanie started her watch internet chat show career on Hodinkee. <laughs> As and I think I've devolved you... to this. <laughs> yes, that's right. So thank you for stooping low enough to join us here. Um, I think you were the second woman on Hodinkee, like one week after the first, right? Yeah, um, Stella, her name is escaping me. She's the editor at Town & Country. She was on first, but it was fun. I mean, Stephen Pulverin and Jack were really nice. Jack is like, has this encyclopedic knowledge of all, like all things, not just watches, but 
totally geeked out on space stuff and surpassed me in a lot of a lot of areas but it was fun and I feel like it opened up like a lot of friendships with watch people that I wouldn't have otherwise had and I think you've gotten more into it since yeah um, Yeah. I did that which is great so it's a fun shared hobby I really like that we both talk about it we probably talk about it too much I feel like nine times out of ten like before we go to sleep all we're doing is like sharing pictures of watches back and forth to each other so um very romantic <laughs> yeah right this is our life this is our life yeah gg agrees that this is definitely a step down <laughs> for you <laughs> yeah um but arthur i need to do some christmas shopping i got some like for you but i got some good ideas on your last episode with dan um but i actually don't know exactly like what's the next watch you want you like talk uh, about all these different ones but like if i had to pin you down like today what's the next watch you want what is it it would be the uh the rolex gmt pepsi it would have yeah to be. okay well yeah whenever it's know, ready like, whenever quran comes all right quran call me yeah. before you call him so i can get yeah. it for him or something and, but... and i'm also trying to get a, a snoopy from him so really i probably shouldn't go get something else because i'm i'm trying to get get my act together on those i know that's not helpful but no it's not at all okay well you'll see what you get for christmas then my buddy watch medicine here is is helping me out as well oh yeah overseas okay yeah budget's budget's a little out there this is a terrible (laughs) question to ask (laughs) uh yeah yeah i i think people you've got some fans already um dan's gonna have a hard hard return to the show after this so. <laughs> that's cool well shall we shall we introduce our guest today yeah let's bring her on okay cool so uh let's see here she is hey sam how's it going hello i'm very well thank you how are you good good uh do you want to just say hello who you are and and how we know you we can tell a little story there perhaps yeah um so hi i'm sam um time in a house on instagram um over in kent in the uk um and uh yeah we met at red bar new york Global that's Media right that's in right September 19. specifically yeah. i think i was about three whiskeys in when we met <laughs> at an oris event yep. um which there is some terrible photographic evidence of ah. but yeah. i feel like that i think that was like the moment we met you and a lot of the uk folks um yeah, but that whole weekend was so fun. It was yeah. great. I think I just started following you on Instagram, and I think it was sort of a bit starstruck, like, "Oh my god, I know these people!" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny because I also had the same feeling. It's like, yeah, I was like, "Oh, there she is, time on her hands," you know. And yeah. it's like as though you're like some sort of minor celebrity. And I think it was, everybody had a bit of that same feeling mutually. It's like we needed name tags with that Instagram handles better. Yeah, yeah. and also in a room full of quite a few men it was nice to see like a, another woman and one that good. I recognize. yeah, yeah. No, I remember we had chatted yeah. a little bit but I was so disappointed that Red Bar got cancelled this year we were really looking forward to coming oh to London God. for that so I, like, yeah. I had my flag ready I was gonna be like touring you like touring oh, everyone around London oh, like speak peak to beauty follow me we had actually like a couple of years uh usually Arthur and I take a Christmas trip and one year we went to London, one year we went to Paris, but we do at least like a day or two that's like just watch dedicated stuff. And we had a really fun time. I guess it was December 2018 in London, like doing, I mean, this was still like early on in our hobby stuff, but um, there's so many great watch places to go and everybody just couldn't have been yeah. nicer. Um, yeah. It was okay. great. 
hopefully next year we'll get you back over we'll yeah yeah, 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 we'll yeah. Do, it, do it again then that would be one of my favorite things from that trip is we went into the longa store on bond street um which like we walked in and like jeans and sweaters you know and like obviously we're not buying a longa um but they let us play with everything which was really fun and nice but they gave arthur a book and they put it in a longa bag and then like i wanted to go look in like chanel and cartier and all these stores and we were treated like royalty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like champagne everywhere yeah my favorite my favorite on street <laughs> my favorite part was going into the chanel boutique and you asked to try on the boyfriend skeleton that like really beautiful skeletonized watch and uh, I think they said something like, sir has a nice watch. Would Madam like to try something? And you're like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> do you know what watches you were wearing on your wrist? Um, I think I had my Explorer hmm. on. I don't remember. I think I think you I had your Speedy. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's, Speedy's a good one because they're like, this guy could have any sort of budget and be wearing a speedy. That's pretty legit. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Actually, my when I like, flash to New York, uh, we went into because we like the Red Bar London guys, and we went into um, uh, the Swat Shop in Times Square. Oh, and nice. um, I think he spotted the. Um, the two days, one of the days had his Snoopy on and the guy, the manager was like, oh my God, Snoopy, like amazing. And then Perth had his FP draw and he was like, oh my God, FP draw, like what's going on? Here are these people that just walked into my Swatch. Reading. And why are you in Swatch? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he was like, he's absolute watch enthusiast. And then, um, yeah, we were like, oh yeah, we're over here for an event. He was like, how many of you are there? And I was like, oh, from London, there's us a lot. And I said, oh, our friend um, Adrian's like at the accommodation still. He was like, Adrian from Bark and Jack. Oh my God, <laughs> that's amazing. He's in New York. <laughs> and like, this guy is absolutely like, yes, like absolute fan. But I think that <laughs> that weekend must have been particularly weird for Adrian because I think he was just starting to be pretty well known, at least in that group. And yeah, that must be strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought it was weird when we like people recognized us. For him, it was just yeah, yeah, another level yeah. for sure. Yeah. So why don't we go ahead and do a wristwatch check? I realize I didn't, uh, I didn't show what I was wearing. But Sam, do you want to start off? Yeah. So I am wearing my. Oh, let's get this camera the wrong way around. Uh, Bremont Alt One C, polished white. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I love it. That's cool. Stephanie, you, you already showed yours, but why not? Let's yeah, but I'll show it again because it's looking like really blingy <laughs> ah. in the sunlight and I love it. So um, Sam, actually, when I saw your Zenith at Red Bar, that was like the first Zenith I had really seen and like started me down a rabbit hole. And I love this watch so much. Like, not that I need to wear diamonds on a regular basis, but like, you know, yoga pants and slippers and diamonds. I don't care. Yeah. Doing it, so. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the COVID lifestyle, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I'm wearing my uh, Longines Avigation Big Eye, their heritage sort of aviation chronograph. So, yeah, nice. cool. That's kind of matching. <laughs> yeah, right. I know it's chronograph time. <laughs> I would have put on my skin here. So, Sam, do you want to start off telling, telling everybody a bit about what you do um, professionally? Yeah. Um, so, I've been in the watch industry for 14 years, although I'm definitely not old enough. I've been working for 14 years. Like that. <laughs> um, Starting so, at the age of 10. Yeah, hard, right? <laughs> <laughs> My parents put me out to work. Um, so, yeah, I moved to Tunbridge Wells, where I live now, 
um, and needed a job. So I went to a recruitment agent and they got me a job at Brightling um, in the customer service department. Uh, so yeah, answering the phone. I mean, Brightling customers are the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're terrible. God. We, no, we normally have one of those on the show. I can't show. believe you're like a friend of one of those, Arthur. Oh, no, like, yeah. yeah, like the grumpiest. So, I mean, that was great, <laughs> great training for me. Um, so I worked in customer service and then moved over to look after the, well, it was the service centre that I worked for. Um, so all the repairs in the UK went back to that service centre. Um, and then, yeah, moved over to the parts department, um, to the service centre, um, sort of managed two guys there, and then sort of looked after kind of operations and working with watchmakers and, right, what do you need to get this job done and what do we need to prioritise uh, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then um, kind of like everyone gets to a point, I guess, with a company, change of management and you know, big Swiss company, this is how we do it in Switzerland kind of thing. Um, fancy the change. So I went the other direction and um, went up to Henley and worked for Bremont. Um, yeah, which is nice. good. Yeah, nice little um, independent, you know, independent, well, yeah, independent, but at the time it was a lot smaller. Um, sure. Yeah, so it was, working alongside Nick and Giles was great. I still absolutely love them, love the company. Um, so I went up there and, yeah, managed um, sort of stock and operations up there too. How many people worked for Bremont when you were there? I mean, I don't even have a good sense of the size today, but was um, that a small team? So probably started off with three sort of trained watchmakers and maybe eight to ten sort of assemblers. So, you know, okay. come in, wow. parts would come in, put it all yeah. together. Um, it was just me looking after parts, spare parts at the beginning, wow. and then as a team of sort of Four, I think when we left so it, it grew it probably sort of doubled um in size in the sort of three years I was there wow cool. if, if I went there now I probably wouldn't recognize anyone yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so yeah so spent yeah three years there um and then I missed Tunbridge Wells so I wanted to move back to Kent so yeah moved back and then um got a job with David Carpenter so I knew David um from Brightling so uh he started six months after I did, so I've known him for 14 oh, okay. years. Um, and he was the workshop manager. Well, he sort of trained as a watchmaker and, and uh, worked his way up, but he was the workshop manager. Um, and he left and set up his own company. So again, that's quite small uh, when I started. It was just him and uh, a, another watchmaker. And then I came in to sort of answer the phones. Um, and then, yeah, I've been there three years. And again, it's sort of grown in size, which is really exciting. That's cool. That's cool. So, yeah, so what is... David Carpenter watches as a store. What sort of stuff do you sell? You know, what services do you offer? That sort of thing. Yeah. So um, our last premises, which is a lot smaller, it was mainly a, a service center. So we're um, an authorized service center for um, Amiga, Longines, um, sort of all of the Swatch brands, um, Tag Heuer. But the watchmakers are trained to work on Rolex, Breitling, anything. So um, sort of, yeah, started off the service center. And then the shops that we've moved to now is bigger retail premises with the workshop upstairs. So we sell um, new um, Satina, Hamilton, U-Boat. I'm thinking of them all now. <laughs> uh, like Mr. Jones, Elliot Brown. Um, and then we've got a fantastic brand coming in, which I probably should have checked whether I could mention or not. I won't mention it. It's okay. okay. Oh, oh. But like one of my favorite brands, and I'm so excited that we're going to be stocking them cool. from like a couple of weeks time. Okay, um, I, then, I, yeah. I have a guess, but I won't say. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you after. <laughs> yeah, cool, um, cool. And then pre-owned, yeah, pre-owned watches as well. So we see everything. It's like perfect job. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. I, so I guess one of the things I was interested to ask is, um, what is it like working? You know, so for for me and Stephanie, and probably most people watching, we're hobbyists, right? And and we have a passion for watches, but it's not the day job as well. So how does does that change your perspective? I mean, it seems it's a hobby and a passion for you too, it seems. So like, what is it like? And is there sort of like a line between the work side of things and the hanging out with friends and treating it as a hobby? I mean, what's that like? Um, there's probably like two, well, I guess, two, three main differences like to start off with. I think like the first one is, like when I go to work it's quite we're very lucky it's quite busy um and I kind of work in the operation side of it so I'm just always like okay what's coming in that watch is going to go there that's going to go there it's going to go there and sometimes like a week can go by and I'll be like I haven't actually sat and looked at a watch like you know when you go (laughs) when you go to red bar you go and someone shows you a watch you go oh my god I love the hands on it oh I love the I love how it sits on my wrist like oh tell me more about the story behind it whereas at work it just tends to be we're whizzing through um so actually sort of since I went back um last week I was like I'm actually going to try and take some time to like as the watches are passing through my hands like stop look at them (laughs) which I like um that's probably one part and then I guess the other part sometimes with Instagram as well I can be like watches at work come home Instagram and then I'll I'll get to a point where I'm like okay right just like yeah go and find something else Whereas I think people that don't work in the industry, like their, their commute to work, they'll be like learning reference numbers and they'll be learning this, that and the other. And sometimes I'm like, I should probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> Have a little bit of a break. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess kind of along those lines, I mean, I think, uh, you know, since most of us are such hobbyists, but, uh, you know, space for me is hobby and work right and a lot of my friends are in the space industry and i i love having like that social aspect of it um and i get a lot of questions of like you know younger people who want to come and work in the space industry what do you recommend i mean that's the same one to you of like folks who want to change careers or go into the watch industry um it does do you, you didn't have any formal training in watches did you this was all like I, you know or do you have any advice for people who want to not just have this be a hobby but also turn it into a job yeah um yeah I, yeah I didn't have any training at all and if anything um I did six years at Breitling three years at Bremont so first nine years I only that's like a PhD I only knew those brands I was really blinkered so it's only when I started working with Dave Carpenter three years ago that I was like oh actually I need to learn about Amiga watches I've never dealt with Amiga watches um so I guess sort of a recommendation it would be if you can work for a multi-brand company mm-hmm. um that would be sort of a good start then you just you're constantly dealing with everything um and yeah i mean i guess there are different people suited to different uh, roles but anything that's kind of customer facing a bit like you know when you go to watch events you're talking to customers and you're saying you like tell me your story um and that's sort of yeah i think that's a nice nice part of it as well yeah technical knowledge can come later <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, so I have a, a question kind of about like, uh, you know, this probably pertains exactly to your day, day job, but um, I, a lot of the watches that I look like, I would almost put in that neo vintage category that um, Arthur and Dan had their show with Max on a couple of weeks ago. Um, like my Explore, you know, mid 2000, early 2000s. I love it. 
Um, I bought it from a reputable dealer. It was it was supposedly serviced when I got it. How do I know when I should take it in for servicing? Like it's keeping generally a good time, but it's also been a few years. I'm not really sure it's waterproof anymore. Like I, you know, how do you know? Should you put your watches on a regular schedule? Should you wait for something to go wrong? You know, I I have not built budgeting and serve. I have not budgeted servicing into my watch collection, which is a terrible idea. Um, so what's what's your advice? for yeah. service um, schedules. I mean, yeah, when you think of yeah, the price of watch and buying a watch, you don't always think about the, the servicing mm -hmm. costs on top. Um, probably would say Rolex and, and Amiga, not sounding biased, but there's the customers that come in and they you find it more than any other brand. They say, oh, the brand says I should get it serviced every four to six years. I've had it eight to 10 years. Should I get it serviced? Mm. It's, like, it's always Rolex and Amiga. And you're like, fantastic. Huh. You're doing, you know, and even then they're like, it's working okay. Like, should I? Um, so it is, I guess it is kind of dependent on, on your watch, how you wear it. Um, yeah, four to six years. If, it, if you get into six years, I'd probably say drop it in. We offer like free of charge estimates. So you could always bring it in. We can put it on the machine, see how it's running. You know, and there's no, you don't have to commit to paying, you know, four, 600 pounds to getting it serviced. Um, the only thing that I probably would recommend is the water resistance, getting that checked. Again, a lot of places will mm. do a free check or, or for the price of that chain, they'll check the water resistance. Um, what you don't want is a watch that's working really well, but the water resistance fails and then you end up having to pay <laughs> for a service. Um, of that. Stephanie, you had, you were, I'm wondering about this, how, how a water resistance check is done. Yeah, please tell me this because I went to take my watch into like a, a local shop. It's, it's a good dealer. I was like, I'd like to get it, you know, pressure tests are like, well, we put it in water to test if it's waterproof. I'm like, well, I don't know if it is or not. How, how is it actually done? I feel like um, if two engineers, Arthur and I should know this. And yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we, okay, we, we're an authorized Amiga service center. We have to have the correct equipment. Um, mm. And part of that is a pressure chamber without any water. So it's just done on air. <laughs> so uh, I guess yeah. if there's some workshops that don't have that particular machine, then they just okay. use the old fastened um, water so we put it in the machine first of all the the um the whole watch in the airtight chamber and it tests it on two well, there's lots of different levels but it does two tests on it if for example it fails what you can then do is take the movement out which this shop may do and then you can then put the, the sealed case minus the movement dial hands into a mm -hmm. uh, water pressure chamber uh, and then okay. you can see where the air comes out so you can see if it's leaking from the crystal or the crown and um, so that's kind of the two ways. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so you can kind of figure out what seal is the culprit if it's leaking or that's, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, some more videos of, of when the watchmakers do it. Cause it's quite yeah, interesting. Right. I, Cause your Stephanie, your experience was going into like a, a random dealer here in DC and asking yeah. them to do it. And, and of, of course, as, as engineers, you and I wanted to know like, how do they do it especially if they're doing it with water you know it's like great it, it's not waterproof and now it, the entire movement needs to be replaced you know? like i'm like, sure it would have been fine but like they just weren't explaining it well um i felt like i was asking a dumb question um but i i will take it in i'll go to one of the the folks that we know now through our red bar stuff and, and get it yeah. done but i want to see if they'll let me watch it because i think that would be yeah, fun to yeah. see yeah i mean the the machine that we've got with when it's done with the air, you can't see it. It just kind of the lid goes down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you should be able to. That's yeah, cool. Get a tour I, of the workshop anyway. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the, uh, the ability to get like a free in-person estimate for the service, I think is pretty cool because uh, in 
in my case recently, my Frederick Constant needs servicing. And I think there's like in the US, there's probably only like three service centers that are authorized and that's an in-house movement in mine. So um, I was at, you know, contacted one of them and they're like, okay, great. Just ship the watch here and then we'll tell you like how much it needs, you know, what needs to be. Of course, I know you can't tell everything just from, especially at distance, but you know, it's like, it sounds like a nice, a nice thing to be able to walk into your store and, <laughs> and have a conversation yeah. with somebody, you know. I think like, not to promote ourselves too much, but when there's a lot of like um, ADs that in the nicest possible way, they're not watchmakers and they don't, you know, when watches come in, they, they know roughly, but they send it off to a service center. It's not often done on site. So when people come into us, you're they're sort of surrounded by people that know what they're talking about. Worst case, if it gets too technical, and I can just start there, get the watchmaker. He can come yeah. around and yeah, yeah. Yeah, explain it more. So, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah, so I guess if you're in the market for a used watch, is there, you know, other than how it's running and if there's any service records, is there any other things that you would look out for in terms of knowing when a service might be coming, or you know, any tips for that for people? I think if you're just buying it um, without taking the back off, it's quite difficult. Um, if you get the chance to test it, um, you know, overnight, set it, run it, test it, see what the power reserve is, that's always quite a sort of helpful uh, tool. Um, you know, how the crown feels when it's winding, do all the functions work, um, you know, date change and chronograph and things like that. Um, Otherwise, it, yeah, it is difficult. Um, I guess we're kind of spoiled a bit because we can just nip up to take the back off and see exactly what's going on. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, if you have a, a good watchmaker friend, <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Yeah, that's the proper um, way to do it, I guess. Um, I guess that the other things, look out for any sort of like water damage on the dial. Quite often I'll go on them uh, like auction sites and you'll be like, oh my God, that, that you know, Rolex or Breitling, whatever. I see it quite often with Breitling, but maybe it's what I'm looking for. But um, like, oh, it's really cheap. And then when you zoom in, it's got like water damage on the dial. Or I saw one where um, like the dial feet had broken and it was just misaligned slightly. Oh, so it's just, yeah, a little bit confused. But... <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a trained eye for that now, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> something people can aspire to develop. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of watches <laughs> gone through. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. You're actually um, reminding me that I um, I have a Universal Geneve that was my stepdad's that he's given to me. But it looks like when it was serviced, I'm sure there was something wrong with the hands and someone put on replacement hands. And I'm dying to get it, like, fixed properly, like, source the parts um, that are that are original to it or at least as close as possible. Um, so now I have, like, quite the watch servicing risk because I know list because I know my explorer <laughs> needs to be done and, now, and I really want to get that done. So oh. that's probably what I should focus on rather than a new What's watch next? purchase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a couple of people in the chat saying you never need to service a watch if you constantly sell and rotate them, <laughs> 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 which is another approach, I suppose. That's a, that's a, different, yeah. a different level, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> One way to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I have a, a this is, I, I know you, you sell new, but you know, also a little bit more on, on the vintage side. I feel like there's a really sweet spot for um, buying interesting models at a good price, whether it's new vintage or, or older vintage, um, particularly for people with smaller wrists and women. Um, like, I love 
your zenith that you have. I think it's beautiful. Arthur, maybe you can pull up a picture. Oh, yes, um, I, I think that's like a perfect example, but I'm wondering if you have ideas of like other, either just brands or um, particular models that you think are good for like the sub, you know, seven inch, more like six and a half, six inch um, wrists that people should look at. Maybe, maybe good deals or just really interesting pieces. I don't know. I'd love your thoughts on that. Oh, um, I mean, I guess, yeah, as a sort of women with smaller wrists, we are spoiled a little bit because the watch sizes, you know, vintage watch sizes were that much smaller. Um, so, yeah, there's probably sort of more of a selection, whereas guys that wear slightly bigger watches, it's, yeah, um, <laughs> a tiny, a tiny risk. Tiny risk, yeah. Risk, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, yeah, I mean, I know you don't shy away from wearing big watches. Like you have some great no. pieces that are the big size. Mm -hmm. They look awesome on you. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yeah. But then my, my yeah, my Zenith is a bit smaller. Um, I borrowed a couple from the shop. Um, we had a, a ladies reverso, rose gold reverso that was a lot smaller. Oh, pretty. Manual wind. And that's, when I wore it, I was like, oh, it's small, but I still loved it. Um, I think the, the vintage watches have got like, so much character. Um, I think, yeah, my Zenith is a linen dial. I love it. Oh, it's um, so good. Yeah. And I think, yeah, maybe because we get the customers coming in with their stories as well, I do get a bit sentimental. I'm like, oh, this watch, I can't imagine what it's been through. And, <laughs> yeah, and also, like you say, kind of the servicing, you're bringing it back to life, you're get, making sure it's running well, it's going to be running for years to come. And yeah, kind of can carry on wearing it. That's cool. That's cool. Speaking of other watches you have, and, and Stephanie mentioned some, some larger ones too, I... I think of this as sort of like your signature thing. I don't know anyone <laughs> else with them, but uh, this is the, the Aquas with, is it, is it officially called the mint green dial or is that just it's something not, I made just up? It's not, it green. Okay, um, okay. So I don't know if you know the, the well, there's, there's lots of reasons why I kind of got this watch, um, but one of the main ones, the first time I saw it was in New York. So it was that uh, Oris event. Um, yeah, so I kind of, I loved Doris anyway beforehand and then uh, saw her at the event, fell in love with it and then kind of undernawed for a month or so and then got it before I went on holiday. Yeah, I love it. It seems like a perfect <laughs> holiday vacation watch. Like you can have one watch to wear for like a two week holiday. It's good for, you know, going to the beach or hiking around. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a great piece. It's really yeah. fun. My the first day, because I went to New Zealand with it, um first day I like went down to the beach I was like oh I need to get my watch shots like I was standing like this like um in the ocean with, with my watch with my phone like the waterproof watch it's fine this wave just came over my phone I was like, oh, no. <laughs> your watch is fine but maybe not your phone yeah yeah, yeah. like it just survived <laughs> that the resulting picture is probably somewhere in here but yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, there's a couple of beachy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was last, last year, um, maybe a little bit further down. But yeah, a few I've been on the fence like multiple times of getting the um, bronze Oris with that green dial, with the mint green dial, because yeah. um, the color would look exactly the same as the patina that it would be bronze too i just like have a hard time pulling a trigger on a bronze watch because i can't figure out if that's like something i really love or it's just a trend but if i was going to get a bronze watch mm. like that's the one and i think yeah. that that like dial color is just really beautiful yeah i yes. i'm the same with bronze I, I really i want to like it i want to love it um when you see like rolf's uh, bronze with the patina um yeah i love that but yeah i'm the same i'm not quite 
there. But the new Fratello um, bronze. That's be beautiful. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And and Ben is here talking about the uh, the greatness of, of oh, bronze. Yeah. yeah that <laughs> the new Fratello Oris with that dark red dial. I'll actually pull up a picture of it. I think it's worth talking yeah. about. Perhaps. Yeah. Um, I want to see one of those in person. So I'm like super excited for bronze and the patina. Like that's, that's what I really love about it. So I would, I would, of course, being me, like try to figure out how to like speed up the patina process. Right. And like, I don't know, swim with it in the ocean a few times. I, yeah. I don't know what else you could do to like make it turn green faster. Uh, ketchup. Yeah. Ketchup. It's so good at Nevada ketchup. <laughs> Swimming in salt water. I don't know. <laughs> This, it's really horrible for the watch. It seems very wrong, but somehow the first thing to pop up was a Hodinkee article on the Fratello limited edition, so I opened it. <laughs> but yeah, this, this is the one we're talking about. Hey, this this is probably the the closest I've gotten to to buying something bronze. Yeah. I think it's really beautiful. Um, and and Dave Sharp has got one of these. He was telling us about it on the Scottish Watches Live on Friday a little bit. Uh, what he said is that. This this ring here, the outer sort of chapter ring, uh, is actually really nicely gilt, and it doesn't show up so 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 well in all the photos. But looks looks great. I, I'm also kind of on on the fence on bronze, but I know some some of the folks here are are big into it. I know Karan's got quite a few bronze watches, including the uh, sort of like the king, which is, in my opinion, the the Panerai Bronzo. <laughs> Actually, that is yeah that's nice um, uh, one of the red bar london guys has got one um, yeah yeah his photos of it are really cool uh, yeah. and i think it was one of the one of the earliest to in modern bronze watches too so anyway i can talk about panerai briefly without getting <laughs> crap because dan's here so that's great uh, <laughs> Stephanie, are you tempted by a panerai i am actually the panerai event at the red bar um in new york like i was never a fan of panerai i didn't really like it at all and they had and that, um and then they fed you some out. beer and barbecue and showed you some watches. <laughs> it is it is easy to get me to buy a watch, right? Like I'm on a very cheap date, but um, no, I actually really like the Douay, and I know like the mm. Douay is like it should be more waterproof. It's a little ridiculous, but um, I think the the one that I really love is the the smaller Douay with the white dial, um, and it comes on like a mm. I think basically like a, a tan leather strap. Um, it's a little more expensive, so I would love for that one like to be out a few more years, hit the used market, because I think the price will <laughs> likely drop. Um, so yeah. I'm keeping an eye out for that. Um, but Arthur and I do not share watch as well. Like it's just no, it's, it's best for a relationship to not share watches. But I would love to um, borrow his Panerai a little bit. Maybe now that it's like uh, sweater weather and like you know, I would have a sleeve protecting it, I'd be allowed. But um, you could have it like over one sleeve and under another. Yeah, I was actually like thinking of a marketing idea of you know like eighties, nineties sweatbands. You know, like the horrible um, like terry cloth sweatbands with like a clear thing. I feel like <laughs> I need to invent that just so I can borrow Arthur's watches yeah, <laughs> on occasion and make sure that it won't get scratched. Arthur, have you still got the bezel protector for it? Like the uh, I, I, I do, I do, but I'm, I'm not going to wear it with that. I, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's a really funny photo of Tom Cruise wearing a Panerai and he still had the bezel protector on it. And there's a really? debate as to whether or not he knew if that was meant to come off. <laughs> <laughs> but, cool. uh, Stephanie, I think, I think there was an offer here when we mentioned the Bronzo. Um, uh -huh. Look at this. 
Quran says he'll he'll, oh, he'll, man. he'll send it to you as long as you wear it. So I have a feeling that's that's probably me not wearing it and you wearing take it. Take care, for, I'll take you up on that. And don't worry, I, while, while Arthur like thinks that I walk around wearing watches, like banging them against cinder blocks and like scraping them on concrete, that is not how I wear my watches. I just wear them and I enjoy them and occasionally they get a little dinged up. But Karan, I would be very careful with any watch. <laughs> I guess you can't, yeah, you can't polish bronze at all. So if you've got like a scratch, yeah, you, it, it's there. Just it's a beauty mark it's character you know yeah i mean you'd have to like get rid of all patina if you I, yeah i wonder i wonder you know most bron bronze watches have that sort of matte finish i wonder if it is polishable or not it seems like it would just patina right over anyway so people don't bother i don't know yeah like i'm thinking if you actually you know like a deep scratch so if you were to remove like the material whether you can then you know, mm, yeah yeah, well, <laughs> we'll we'll have to see. Maybe there's some more knowledgeable bronze experts here. <laughs> so, I I notice over time you're quite a fan of Oris on Scottish Watches Live. You've always you tend to often pick their watches. I guess what is it for you that that draws you to the brand? What what do you like about Oris? Um, I think it's yeah. Um, a bit sentimental my first red bar event was the anoris event um i was so scared and actually ben um hodges was like pulled me aside and was like oh come and sit down we'll have a chat like welcome to red bar <laughs> it was really sweet um and yeah so just sort of being in your room seeing the watches like them then um actually rolf was at the first event as well so it's meeting rolf learning about the brand you know they're independent the price point i think is fantastic when i um was looking to get my Oris, I was also considering Black Bay 58. And I think it's okay. twice, twice the price, but you can't see twice the difference, um, you know, in quality. A few bits and pieces, but, you know. Um, yeah, so it, it yeah, does everything I want to. And I think that, yeah, they kind of, using the Salita, Salita, yeah, Salita. Yeah, I believe so. Um, no, 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 sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, keeping that price point lower, yes, they can experiment and they can use in-house movements, but it's, it's kind of keeping it accessible um yeah so people can kind of go in and there's a nice range of watches there and oris there everyone loves oris yeah i don't know if he, he loves us after, <laughs> after after we met him in new york but <laughs> yeah trip for him. I, I do remember um i think it was at the the virtual red bar global this year the oris ceo rolf is it Ralph yeah. um, was talking and, and he said sort of, it's not an official motto necessarily, but that their philosophy was inclusive luxury as opposed to exclusive luxury. And I think that's, that is one of the things that's, I think, just so appealing about them. They're, they make so many cool watches and they don't make them impossible to get. And, and they're, they're priced at a good value too. So, yeah. And they just like all the um, good causes that they do. Um, so the, um, yeah, Watches for Heroes, that's what it's called, that's what it's called. Um, that they did this year, they were just going to give away uh, 10 watches for people, um, you know, that are working throughout the um, pandemic. And so they gave away the 10, but they got so many um, recommendations that they ended up giving away 50 watches. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> just to say, you know, people that were nominated that have just really gone through a tough time. But yeah. What a cool thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like their philanthropy and, and, and a lot of their limited editions that have sort of like a, 
a purpose or a charity in mind or whatever. Um, It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Cool. Stephanie, you got any more questions on your end? Um, I was trying to think of some other things that I, that I wanted to ask you. Um, I don't know, I guess like, you know, Arthur and I were both kind of nervous going to our first red bar DC event. Um, and meeting people in the watch world. It sounds like you were a little intimidated going to your first Red Bar event. Now we've all quickly gotten over that because we all know everybody and it's like <laughs> the kindest, friendliest group of people that we've ever met. But um, I think a lo- there's a lot of people that are lurkers, right? And just like follow on Instagram, they, they you know, maybe we'll chat with some folks, but any advice for like going to first watch meetups if we can ever do that again? Like, yeah, um, I mean, just, de- yeah, definitely do it. I think I was like reading a book and, it was like do some you know do something today that scares you and I was like okay if I had to do something what would it be and it was like right sign up for Red Bar and then I <laughs> yeah and I was like never never regretted it <laughs> um I think if you do go like make it known like and say you're following someone else on Instagram maybe let them know that you're going and let mm-hmm. them know it's your first time because what happens I'll have messages from people that would be like oh I, I went to my first Red Bar yesterday but I didn't say hello to you and I'm like oh like, why yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, i would have said hi back like you, you know, you're a very you intimidating do... celebrity sam yeah or you'll see people just sort of just standing just looking a bit scared um and it's like no come on join in we're not scary come on. right um, you're all there because you like the same things i mean yeah. it's yeah and there's no i mean i'm sure it's the same um over there, but there's, there's no judgment i mean you can come you know people think they have to have a rolex to turn up it's like no you can just bring you know your dad's you know, Tiso or or um, your Swatch watch, and yeah, just it doesn't matter at all. Right, Ste- Stephanie, that reminds me of something that happened. I think it was at Red Bar Global, the the year we all met in person. Didn't some guy message you like two weeks later and was yeah. like that he was too afraid to come say hello to you, but wanted to? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was I was a little I was a little bit funny, and then I was like, I think he might have a stalker. This is weird. A watch stalker? Yeah, yeah I'm, very, I'm very intimidating. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, unrelated, Sam, what's what's next on your watch shopping list? I feel Ooh. like I would have no self-control if I was in your position where not only are you surrounded by like amazing new stock all day, but you see these watches come, you know, come in and out and, you know, in for repairs and you must get infinite ideas. I'm at least like limited to whatever the Instagram algorithm feeds me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what's what's on your list? Um, okay. I mean, yeah, I kind of don't have a list. I am quite sort of um, served, that's the white word. But um, yeah, so I kind of, the, my Zenith was a case of it. It came in, it was meant, you know, my, it was meant for my boss, he was meant to sell it, and I saw it and loved it. So, and the same as the Oris, so I think I'm just waiting to see something that I'm like, yes, this is it. Um, mm-hmm. We do have a Pepsi, uh, 1999 Pepsi in stock, mm-hmm. which I love. I'm not quite there. <laughs> there. Um, and actually, my boss David loves it as well to the point where he's taken it out the window, put it in the safe because he doesn't actually want to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I might try and work something out with him whereby we both sort of share it and we just that'd be fun. Stop <laughs> that never actually goes yeah. in the window. Um, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, I still probably like another vintage if another vintage came in that was like, yes, that's the one. Yeah, actually, I did. Yeah, I did pick up a, a vintage Timex um, that came in uh recently lady was just gonna bin a load of watches so i think she had like 30. so we had a rummy rummy through wow. and then some of us i took the timex and one of the other guys took something um and then we're gonna put uh batteries in 
a lot of them are just cheap and cheerful. I said, we're going to put mm -hmm. batteries in them and then take them to the charity shop. Oh, that's nice. fine. Yeah. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. And we've given given her some money for them. But yeah, so I've got this. Cool. Um, I didn't need to clean it up so I can start wearing it. But that's, yeah, that's quite sweet. <laughs> yeah, cool. It, it, by the way, it looks like we've got the, some red bar friends here saying hello. So that's good. Um, that's cool. And a question actually from Ben about about work. What's been whiz busier at uh, David Carpenter? Watches for servicing or watches for purchasing? Um, it's probably sort of the footfall is the servicing. Um, yeah. Because I think, yeah, probably a lot of people, that they always need their watch to service, they always need to sort of actually change. Uh, but the retail side has really picked up. So, yeah, when we, we moved into our new shop 18 months ago, um, and it's you know we're, we're advertised as an illegal service center when you go to like, the legal website and things like that so that's probably the main sort of footfall and um, then once people are in the shop and our, our sort of team are really friendly and get chatting and then they'll end up buying something <laughs> so, um, that works well yeah <laughs> so we, we, we probably yeah the retail the brands are getting in a, um i guess getting better we've got sort of 150 pound mr jones watches if you haven't looked them up, oh, yeah, those are fine. They're really, I think they're really, they're really neat, yeah. And then actually, we just got some uh Arnold and Sons in last week as well, so yeah, we have a bit of everything. Oh, yeah, and actually, um, I think the, the thumbnail for this video is, is is you wearing one of those Arnold and Sons, I believe, uh, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, cool. So, we got that one in as a sort of a, a tester, and then we had seven more arrive on Friday. Yeah, nice. Be on my Instagram soon, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, turning back to your collection for a minute, and I, I've got to ask the question. You know, of course, we talked about things coming through. What catches your eye realistically? But money, no object. What? What's? What's sort of your? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll use the the Grail watch word. But you know, <laughs> what? What? What sort of interests you if you had uh, no no budget limitation at all? My Screen favorite work is the MBNF um, flying T, oh. diamond. Yeah, um, I think it's sort of it was sort of designed with women in mind, but it's not a typical women's watch. You know, it's a complicated. There's nothing typical about that watch. It's just oh. yeah, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> is it is um, it the one with the the diamonds all over the dial, or just on the edge? On just the on the edge. I mean, okay. I, I could I could take either. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll it's the classy version, here. you know, just yeah. around the edge. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a little, a little restraint, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. I do love it. Like a lot of MBNF. Oh, yeah. I um, I I particularly love the legacy machine ones as well. I think it's beautiful. It's cool. Yeah. Let's get this out of the way. You could just yeah. Oh it. yeah, that's so cool. Gorgeous. Oh, no, just, yeah, who lost me now? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, me too. Yeah. Just take a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to just go into is it a Mad Gallery, I think, isn't it? One in Paris. Have you been to one in Paris? No, I haven't. Uh, yeah. We haven't. We should go um, next time. That just, it's just toys, isn't it? It's just um, that little Mobo just... machines and things. Oh, is that um, there's a there's a shop in Paris that sells MBNF. It's on like one of the small um, small side streets. Arthur, do you remember? It's across the street from a hotel that we stay in. They oh, have MBNF in there. Um, was it Chrono Passion? I think. I think so. But their yeah. storefront window looks like vending machines of watches. It's yeah. like these rotating like pillars, and you would think it would they would be selling like 
Daniel Wellingtons and swatches. I don't know. Um, oh, but you're like, you walk by, you're like, oh my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> and there's buttons on the outside of the window yeah. on the street. So you can control the towers and they like rotate and show you different brands and stuff. That it's is, pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, would like yeah. one MBNF, please. Like, yeah, for sure. Little... Like, please shake <laughs> it to the come out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, Stephanie is a scratch anyway. That's true. That's true. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So, uh, any questions from the chat for, for Sam or, or for Stephanie, I guess, for that matter? It's you, you're both not typically on the show. So, let's see. Or MBNF Moza. Yeah. Love oh, that, that yeah, and that's yeah. Uh, a guy in Red Bar DC got got one of those actually. I haven't seen it in person yet because of COVID, but that's that's basically the main reason I need the pandemic to end so I can see that watch. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just yeah. Um, actually, we started um, Red Bar Southeast uh, recently as well. Oh, nice. Um, that would be exciting. But kind of, it's, I usually go into London, so it just um, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit more local. Sounds that's cool. cool so what what area does that cover um so kind of it'd be like kent and suffolk so kind of if you follow the coast around the bottom really um yeah so different different events all over the place but that'll yeah. be fun it'd be nice to just because it's only yeah recently started so we haven't had any meetups it'd be nice to see kind of okay yeah. who, who would get to come along to it you know, oh, that's good that's good Always good to have that closer to home too, so you don't always have to go into the city as well. Yeah, um, yeah. it's not too bad. It's that's the only thing because I would get the train back from London, whereas if it's kind of elsewhere, then I might have to drive. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> there's, uh, there's something key involved in Red Bar events yeah. that usually prevents driving. Um, <laughs> this is a question for you, Sam. Uh, have you had the pleasure of? Not meeting Danny for have you have you yeah no I've not met him in person um he, I think he nearly came down we had a speedmaster that he was interested in so he, he nearly uh, okay. came down but then I think he ended up managing to get it from me directly yeah um, yeah no I don't think he's been to, to Red Bar. I think he's only been to Red Bar Bristol in terms of events too so um, yeah no looking forward to meeting him I'm sure yeah yeah that should be fun that should be fun <laughs> Stephanie this one's for you. Is that a JLC oh. Atmos clock behind you? I wish. No, this is, it's a, that would be amazing. Um, I would actually really like to learn more about like clocks. I think, you know, my watch box is full. I probably don't need more things. Let's not be silly. I'm of course going to buy more watches. Um, but no, this is a, a Seiko like. Um, world time clock, right? Yeah. World time Ooh. clock. And it was a gift, um, a wedding gift to my parent front or to my parents when they got married. Um, they're divorced now, but I like the clock. So hung <laughs> <laughs> um, on to that. So like I found it in the, in an attic when we were cleaning out, um, cleaning out a bunch of stuff and thought it was really cool. And it's, it's not working right now. Yeah. I think it ran out of battery. It's a, yeah. it's a quartz. Um, it's quartz. It's nothing mechanically complicated yeah. or, or that cool, but it, it's fun. Uh, I love it. Let's see. Oh, the, We've got some feedback on on, on you all being here. <laughs> oh, Merlin, do you want to replace Dan? Yeah, Merlin, I, want to come say hi. I think you you guys have been so popular today. Apparently, even I should be nervous that you're just going to take over the show. It could be the SNS show, you know, yeah. Steph and Sam. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, speaking of that, that may be worth hinting at something you're working on, Sam. 
Yeah, so there's, there's, then there may be more of my face on YouTube. I don't know if anyone needs that, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, can't give too much away. But maybe another little show similar to this. Yeah, um, on the same channel, I think maybe yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, different time of the week, obviously. Right, different right. Setup. Um, there might be some wine involved. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I have good. to say I loved the last um, Scottish Watches Live game show with everybody's gift guides. Um, Sam, I liked your recommendation the best. That was my favorite of, yeah. the, of the bunch. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was really fun. I had, to, I had so much fun like looking it all up, all the, my little James Bond experience. I really want to do it. <laughs> I think I'm really missing it. really great. Yeah. yeah. I'm really missing going to London. I live outside London and have had a reason really to go up there. So it's just... Yeah, putting together all these, oh, we could go there, we could go there. Yeah, that yeah, you and Ralph both put in the real effort, and I think people would be most happy to receive those of all the, all the ones. So if what we're talking about, if you haven't seen it, it was Scottish Watches Live on Friday, the great gift game show, and uh, we gave four different budgets and had people come forward with a watch and a gift to go with it. And uh, some of the more creative ones, including Sam's, were um, a watch and an experience which is pretty cool. So go, go check that one out too. Yeah. Um, Sam, it looks like we've got one other question here for you. Um, what's worse to deal with a customer who knows absolutely nothing about watches or an obnoxious wannabe know-it-all? Oh. Um, they're very special in their own way. <laughs> um, I mean, the one that the one at the know-it-all, obviously they're passionate about watches. So, you know, you can talk about that um the ones that wind me up the most i've had it a couple of times had it recently is um that i'll say something especially if, it, if i'm in the shop and they'll go oh, okay yeah but i want to know what the, the man says like if i'm working with a male oh. colleague it yeah no so like i had it recently my colleague was with another customer and he is a, a scratched crystal that then turned into a crack so i was just trying to explain that you know obviously we do have to have this crystal replaced we've got a photo of it coming in with scratch blah, blah. And yeah, he was just, I spent 10 minutes talking to him and then he was like, okay, yeah, but I want to see what he said. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, that happens uh, more often than I'd like. But, that so. that sounds like the worst kind of customer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm just here to answer the phone. I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I felt like a watch hero not long ago when my friends... Um, I, she's not listening, so it's okay. When my friend's lawn <laughs> jeans wasn't working, and it turned out it just wasn't wound. She was like, oh, I got to take it in for service day. I'm like, let me take a look. Let me just take a look. And I'm like, you're going to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Get that. Actually, it's uh, surprising how many people um, with automatic watches, so they buy them from the shop, the shop set them, they put them on, they never take them off for four years. And then, or they'll take them off, and they'll be like, "Oh, my like, my battery's gone." And it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, like just you just gotta wind it, um, yeah. because they just don't, yeah, because they always wear it, they just don't understand. Yeah. Or they take it off, but not enough for it to power down, and yeah. So, right. Yeah. I, I know Dan witnessed one of those. He was sitting in the Omega boutique on Bond Street in London, I think, and someone came in with a a Seamaster diver they'd bought and said the battery was dead, and then. God, let's hope it wasn't one with a sapphire case back too, because then it's just like next yeah. level. But someone <laughs> but came you in with a, a, an Oris with a, um, I, could, I was across the shot, so I didn't see, but I assume it had, it was a pointer date, so I assume it had an open case back. 
but yeah, she said the battery had gone. And I was like, I'm not on our wristwatch. <laughs> you should charge for a battery change. Yeah. 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 Here, here's one for all three of us. Uh, favorite watch sighting in the wild experience. Hmm. Ooh. I, yeah. I think about this. Mm. I think mine was, um, again, Red Bar New York, going to analog shift with like a kid in the candy shop. All the cabinets were open. Did you, did you guys go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, all the cabinets were open and they're just like, yeah, pick up what you want. And yeah, so I think I tried the MBNF. There's, um, oh, I've completely forgotten what she's called. The watch designer does the skulls. Oh, um, Fiona Kruger. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, just all these watches that you'd never see, um, you know, Tiffany dials and. Yeah, so that was probably my favorite. That's cool. Stephanie, you've run into some cool ones in the course of your work, right? I have. So um, there's a um, a guy that I know through space stuff. He's an astronaut. Um, and I haven't oh, seen him. Oh, a guy I know. Yes, I'm a friend of mine. And I saw that he was wearing an X33. And I was like, Garrett, is that like your X33 that you flew with? And he's like, oh, yeah, you want to try it on? I'm like, obviously I want to try it on. Thank you very much. Um, and he's like, not a super watch guy. It's just like the watch that they handed him to wear. And he's been wearing it ever since and like has a little bit of attachment to it, but that was just really cool to like, actually, you know, trying to watch it. I've been in space and like, you know, he's, he's, he's a friend and I know him from work. And like, that was, um, that was pretty cool. That's cool. You, yeah. We also were in, uh, in a watch store around here and saw, I, I, another astronaut you know bringing in their speedmaster for service right yeah it was a speedy pro <laughs> and he was bringing in a service and you know I, I won't like call him out but he had like the record for the longest space station stay and um he was coming i either to drop it off or to pick it up and i'm like oh my god this watch servicing person has no idea like this is not a regular speedy pro this speedy pro has probably spent more time in space than any other speedy ever in history um and he was just like taking it into the the mall sorry it's a great store but like taking it to the mall store to get fixed um that was that was pretty cool yeah 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 i i don't think i've seen a ton in the wild um of like really special stuff i i think one of the ones for some reason that sticks out in my mind was seeing uh 16 570 polar explorer 2 just in an in an airport one time. I, I think it's the only time I've seen that particular watch in the wild on somebody else's wrist. <laughs> you see them all over watch Instagram, but actually, you know, yeah, subs and speedmasters I see quite a quite a few of around, but that one it's the only time. So it's funny. I tried to drop by a GMT off of a guy who sat next to me on a plane. He had a Coke um GMT on. I was like, that's a really amazing watch. He's like, oh, whatever. Like, I've been wearing it since college. Like, clearly didn't really care about it. I was like, I will, I will give you money right now. Like, I will Venmo you like six thousand dollars for this watch. He's like, eh, yeah, no, that's okay. But um, anyway, I really would have. That was a little yeah. bit of a, a low ball offer there, Stephanie. You're trying it to see what you could get away with like, it. Didn't know what he had. Um, I'm sitting <laughs> on a plane. I gave him two free drink coupons. Like, I thought like. <laughs> six grand and two you know anyway it didn't can I, work can I just wear at least wear it for the rest of the flight like, yeah, just, please. Yeah, like, i'm yeah. not gonna go anywhere <laughs> oh i've got another one for you sam did 
Do people ever come in with sort of like family watches or things that they've inherited that they don't know how special a watch they have? Has that ever happened? Like it's something really, or is that just sort of like stuff of legends? Yeah, unfortunately not. Um, yeah. I think we've had a few. I had one guy, yeah, brought in a, an old Pepsi, um, but he knew what it <laughs> he yeah. knew what it was. I think he was testing us a little bit, and he was okay. He's like, "Oh, if I wanted to sell this, like, what do you think?" And then, uh, yeah, they was like, "Oh, just I, to check." <laughs> I, I guess these days, in the age of like being able to Google a brand name or a watch, it's it's a it's a lot harder for people to be ignorant of what they have. <laughs> yeah, it's probably yeah. more like the other way round. They'll come in and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'm looking to sell it. It's worth loads." And you're, Oh yeah, Sorry. yeah. You might have paid a lot for it ten years ago. There's not a lot of people. Your, your quartz long jeans, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of people walking and be like, I don't know what this brand is. It says Patek Philippe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I... <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be lovely. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think. Well, I think we've hit our our hour mark. This has certainly been a lot of fun. Yeah, um, thanks for joining us, Sam. It was a good chat. Yeah, nice to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to catch up with you, especially not in just like a game show format, as <laughs> we've been doing recently on, on Watch Us Live. Yeah, so it's, uh, um, yeah, it's a great channel. It's nice having you on. Oh, nice being Stephanie. Nice really good to yeah. see you. I hope we'll get to see you again soon. Arthur and I do want to come to, to London and do a... Yes, please. A little British oh, watch God. tour. Arthur needs to finally meet Dan in person. Um, so oh, that would be so cute. They can have their, like, <laughs> yeah, Panerai Breitling fight in, in real life. Should be good. <laughs> the Panerai Breitling boutiques are pretty opposite each other. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I yeah. actually haven't used it against him yet, but Dan's wife sent me a photo of him standing in front of the Panerai boutique looking in the window, like pondering light. So <laughs> we'll have to bring that up. Um, yeah, no, I thanks. The Panerai boutique is nice as well, actually. Yeah. Been, yeah, been to a cool. few events there. So, yeah. Cool, cool. No, I'll have to check that out. Stephanie, thank you. I'll see you in a minute upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, and thanks everybody for joining. And I saw a couple yeah. of new, new names in the chat today. So uh, welcome and we hope to see you here next week. Hopefully Dan will be back as well. If not, we'll probably rope in Stephanie again. So cool. All right. All right. Thanks everybody. Bye. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.